What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, Oh man! When you said there are there are uh, mom groups for sharing and donated breast milk, all kinds of stuff going on. But Josh Hart, oh, that's cool. I mean, donated to to those that need it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. That's a great Four idea. Leaders. Well, I mean, my kids were going. Or if you want to make a little extra money on the side, my kids were born close together. My wife used to pump it. I mean, she'd pump it and freeze it to, to have or leave available. it at the house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it, she worked and we had to have a supply. I remember that little, remember that little pump. Yeah, uh, she had like a automatic one kind of deal. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, Battery operated one? Oh yeah. Cool. Then just you know, efficient. I guess I must have thought my face right there and then spitting it in the jar was pretty cool. Gross. (laughs) Never did that part. Come on. Spitting in the jar. You know what? Big buck on to single slice pizza places, Ty. Over the last couple months, me finding a couple of those places, I love it. I know that's not good for you because you need more than one slice. I need that. I need that whole 15 inches. (laughs) I mean, really. Single slice pizza places, nice. Yeah, I love love a slice. I'm a good one because I don't. I mean, pizza is something I don't eat. I love it, but I don't eat it a lot, that often. Ty needs like four. He needs four. He needs a four bagger. But there, there's a lot of times I mean, I'd, I'd love just a slice of pizza. I'd yeah, be good with a slice of pizza and maybe some salad and be good. Uh, where do you where do you find that? And there's one. I've, they've got one up on 71 there, and at the uh, by the H E B there, they have single slice pizza. And you, like you said, it's pizza and salad. They have like a lunch special. Nice. I love it. Enough food. Dude, I can't. I eat the whole dang thing. I can't eat two slices of pizza. I mean, two slices of pizza is going to give my baby belly. I mean, get it going. <laughs> it just does. It just turns like that. I, I can't eat two. Well, you're talking about a pretty big slice too. The big, oh, there, the big pie. Thick, yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's you. that's. I would count that as more than one slice. You know, like the home slice, single slice. That's yeah. like six inches wide. Yeah, Ty's going to the buffet at you know <laughs> little CC's or whatever. <laughs> Gaddy's. There's a Gaddy's right outside my neighborhood that. Still that I doing frequent. that? Oh, yeah. The Gaddy's Ranch, it, it's still... It, oh, the ranch dressing. Oh, my God. So good. So good. Now, I did go to Gaddy Town a few months ago. Not the same vibes as when I was... You know, <laughs> Not the same vibes. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you shelling out for that buffet these days at the Gaddy Town? Oh, it's still like ten ninety nine, maybe. It's still a great deal. Because you can, cause you you can jump have the pizza, the, the they get salad. The houses with the little balls in where the kids are. Oh, they still got games. They no, still have they, games? They, they don't have, it's not like Chuck E. Cheese with that. It's like it's more of like a kid's Dave and Buster's, like those kind of games, I'd say. Chuck, right. e. Steel's, Chuck E. Cheese is still available at places? Are they still Chuck do e. that? Chuck E. Cheese, no. Yeah, there is a Chuck E. Cheese right by my house. Oh. It's uh, across from uh, South Park Meadows on the other side of the road. take my kids into there. I used to be just horrified of what I was going to come out of there with. Uh, Tony C's does the... Uh, the single slice it says here. Home oh, yeah. slice pizza on on uh, Congress, always a great spot for a slice of pizza. Costco or Sam's for a single slice is a good spot. And uh, best 7-Eleven. No, oh, I, I posted not, on no, my Twitter they, on no. Friday. 
No, they're I, using different pizza places for that I now. Ate, I ate a piece of pizza and and ten of their wings, and it is money. If you oh, go, if you go oh around, my gosh, if you go like after we get off in the morning, you know it's fresh. Like they, you can get it to make it to order too. Yeah, but ties the man. guy who's touching the rotisserie hot dogs. He and turn them over by hand. Now that was you know, when I was, I was younger. Seven Eleven, Seven Eleven's up their game and their food. I will like their pizzas, undeniably good. Their wings, if you're a wing guy, it's 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 a good. I did wing. like their pizza, but they changed they changed uh, the thing that is distribution places with a pizza waiting in a long line at two ten in the morning oh. for a slice of pizza on Sixth Street back in the day. That from, was uh, way back. I mean, you're going back 30 years for me now. But, yes, you would wait for that. Like, what was it called? Rapolos? Yeah, Rapolos. Rapolos. That was awesome. And it was the worst pizza, but it tasted like. Oh, I love like, that pizza. It was unbelievable at 2.10 in the morning or 2.30 yeah. in the morning. They got one you. on the drag. Um, unbelievable. Like yeah, it was good. After a pint now. of Jack Daniels, that pizza tasted <laughs> it's delicious. So good. It's like, give me, a, give me a ride home and give me a piece of pizza. Man. I can you know, settle your belly a little bit before you go to bed. That's always a good thing. A little food on top of it. Let's get to your headlines, trending topics. And we're going to talk to Jerry Hamilton. Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas and On3 Sports. Uh, we'll chat with him about the, the lead story in our headlines. <laughs> Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. And, yeah, College Hoops news last night, a huge piece of it. Official word that the uh, freshman forward Dylan Mitchell is going to return to Texas for a sophomore season with the Horns. Mitchell entered his name into the NBA draft process in, in April, went through that process, worked out for a number of teams, and took part in the NBA draft combine where he performed well. But he and his family have made the decision that a second year playing for Rodney Terry and the Longhorns would be beneficial for his future. Former five-star prospect out of Tampa, uh, started all 38 games for Texas last season, led the team in field goal percentage. He was the third leading rebounder on the team. Mitchell, along with the fellow returning big man Dylan DeSue, and the transfers Caden Shedrick from Virginia and Zarek Onyema from Utah. UTEP should provide Rodney Terry and the Horns with a versatile and pretty formidable front line in 2022-23. Also yesterday, the former Texas signee and Duncanville High star Ron Holland officially announced that he is skipping college entirely. He's going to go straight to the G League, play for the Ignite team out there in, in Nevada. Texas football kickoff times and network selections for three Longhorn home games announced yesterday uh, by the program. It includes that opener 92 days from today with the Rice Owls, September the 2nd, 2.30. The kick time, middle of the afternoon. It'll be hot on Labor Day weekend. It will air on Fox TV. Uh, Longhorns on the 16th will host Wyoming after their trip to Alabama. That game has been announced as a 7 o'clock kick on the Longhorn Network. And they'll can the final game of the regular season, November the 24th, Black Friday with Texas Tech. That's been announced as a 6.30 kickoff and will air on ABC. Soccer, huge midweek win for Austin FC last night at Q2 Stadium. They held on for a 2-1 win over Minnesota United. Sebastian Driussi returned from his injury and scored the game-winning goal in the 82nd minute. Goaltender Brad Stuver was huge last night. Made big-time saves all night, including three huge denials and stoppage time to secure the full three points. Verde now 5-6-4 on the year in a three-way tie for sixth place in the Western Conference. They are right back on the pitch Saturday night at Q2 Stadium, hosting Real Salt Lake. Major League Baseball over two night for the Texas teams. Rangers lost to Detroit actually yesterday afternoon, 3-2. to two. Houston dropped their rubber game of the series with the Twins, 8-2 to two at Minute Maid Park. Uh, they're going to welcome the third-place Angels in for a big four-game series starting tonight down in Houston. Uh, Dell Diamond, Round Rock split a doubleheader with Sugarland. They uh, walked off the first one, 7-6, and then lost the nightcap 6-4. to four. Uh, In Game 1 of the NBA Finals, tonight in Denver, Nuggets hosting the Miami Heat, first of a seven-game series, 7.30 start time. Also from the NBA, Detroit Pistons have hired former Phoenix Suns head coach Monty Williams and given him a new six-year deal. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Get a free Hustler generator with purchase of select Hustler zero-turn mowers in stock till June 30th at Top Gun. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. We said Crago's Pizza. Does Crago's do individual slice? I don't. I, we've gotten a, a lot of pizza there. They, they brought some calzones the other day that they were did. 
magnificent. Yeah, the buck on to Crago because Crago listens and uh, they sent over some calzones. And did you eat all that? Uh, no, you, we we. I mean, you and Dan Parker, Derek Cohen got some. We I definitely ate the most. That they have some good ranch there too. I will say because that that's what makes a good pizza place for me. I mean, you got to have you got to have some. Some quality ranch. Can't just be Kins Ranch dressing on the side. Are you a fan of the calzone? Essentially, just like a folded over pizza, yeah, right? Pizza no, pocket. Big time. If, if you're a pizza place and you got a calzone, you got wings and a meatball sub. Oh, the meatball sub is. You'll be unreal. getting a lot of my business. Craigos, yeah. Craigos. Craigos. Absolutely. With several locations around town. So that's cool. I'm in on that. Um, we're talking about pizza because you love single slice pizza. Yeah. Big buck on now. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't. Two slices, that takes me to the limit. I'm just a little feller. Just a little. <laughs> just a, you don't have the biggest of it. Now you're not even eating sugar. Well, for the most no, part, you're I'm, still finding your sugar fix. Yeah. Yeah, there's always that front seat deal. A front seat deal? That's where my wife says that's the scene of the crime, where the yellow tape is in my front passenger seat. Not understand it. Like where you leave all your candy wrappers and stuff? <laughs> yes. Yeah, look at it. So why are you looking into my car? She goes, well, this is the scene of the crime. There's yellow tape around it, and I need to look in there. Says Hay City Store has a good pizza. That's true. They do have good pizza and good ranch at Hay City. And I would tell you, that's usually where I'm at when I'm like, man, I would just like one slice of pizza. I don't want the whole thing. It's way too much. Don't need all that. But I would like one slice. But they just do those individual pies. They're really good uh, for sure. This says Gumby's in San Marcos. Hmm. I, never, I can't believe there's still a Gumby's pizza. That's pretty I, cool. I brought it up last week, but um, Electric Shuffle. Ooh, the yeah. Shuffle Board Place on Rainy Street. The Hot Honey Pepperoni Pizza there. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that. <sighs> Now I'm craving it again. Can we go to the Vaqueros hotline and talk some hoops, Longhorn hoops and Longhorn uh, sports with our buddy Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas and On3 Sports and uh, common frequent guest with us. How are you, Jerry? I'm great, man. How are you guys? Doing good. Fantastic, buddy. Hey, how surprised were you by the uh, Dylan Mitchell news when it came down last night? You know what's interesting is when he declared for the draft, I was thinking 99.9 he was gone, right? Um then the line of communication stayed open a little bit, right? Just enough. Um, but then, you know, look, when these kids that are going to go in the second round of the draft are looking for some sort of guarantee, right, to stay in the draft. If you don't get a guarantee, and they don't happen as often anymore, but if you don't get a guarantee, um, those kids have a tough decision to make because the NIL money is, uh, is, is pretty good these days for some of these guys. So um, in the last... 72 hours, things really started to turn in Texas' favor. Then it was just a matter of getting it across the finish line. Uh, so uh, very surprised if you'd asked me a month and a half ago, right? You know, um, or right in April 12th when he declared for the draft. Uh, the last 72 hours wouldn't have been surprised. How big of a, uh, of a boost is it to that front line, especially with the departure of Ron Holland, uh, your number one prospect and the guy that was probably going to play that small forward spot? You know, I look at it and say, man, they have Dylan Mitchell up front with Dylan DeSue and Caden Shedrick, and then off the bench likely with Zarek and Yema. That's a pretty good and versatile front line. No, I think, I think look, I think Texas is going to be an improved team next year in rim protection, rebounding, and defensively in the interior. Um, Dylan Mitchell's a huge get because he's he is one of the elite athletes in college basketball, and Texas wants to play fast, and and, and he can play fast. Um, now it's just going to come down to what how, how does he develop? I think he shoots the ball better than Texas fans think. Uh, he came into a tough situation last year where you're no better than the sixth offensive option. Uh, games he played 20 minutes, he was actually pretty productive: six point six points, five point three rebounds. That's 
pretty productive for a freshman on a team that had as much experience and scoring punch as Texas. If, if he can prove that, that he can play face in the basket, and I think he's going to improve there. Just look at the improvement guys make from year one to year two in college basketball. Um, that, I think it's a huge uh, return or addition to the team just because of that athleticism it allows Texas to play fast. He is going to play well above the rim. He's going to be stronger in year two. Uh, I think he's going to play more four than three, but when they go to a big lineup, he'll play some three. Uh, but I think that it, Texas fans need to realize the recruitment of Caleb Love, even though they didn't get him, when you already have Hunter and Max Asmus and you're going after another guy who is a big minute per game guy player, that should tell Texas fans they want to be three-guard lineup oriented. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the way to go in college basketball, right? You don't rec- you're not recruiting that guy to bring him off the bench. So they want to be three-guard oriented. That's the way it should be. And now Texas has – they're one guard away, one good 6'4 guard with size that can shoot the three. From being a much better team offensively on paper, we'll see if they can bring it all together defensively and make things mesh if they get that guy. But this team has a chance to really shoot the ball well. I think people are underestimating how good Max Acemus is going to be, how much he's going to open up the floor for others. You're talking about a guy who's made 423s at about 40% in college, and that was with all eyes on him at Oral Roberts. Everybody fixated to stop him and take him away. So he was playing the game 25 feet, 26 feet away from the basket for 38 minutes a game. Uh, he's now going to be on a team with better players around him. That's going to make him even more impactful for the guys around him at Texas. Yeah, I see this group getting out and running like nobody's business yeah. because they've got – the the thing with them is they got small guards. I mean, if you know if they they yeah. if they try to play half court because eventually they have to defend too. The Horns will have to defend somebody, and with the six right. foot two six foot guards, that that can be a problem. But if you like you say, Jerry, if they go with with a kind of a three guard lineup, and they count Mitchell as one of those guys in the open field, they're going to be hard to stop in the open court. I got to believe. No, I to- I totally agree, and I think that's what the that's what. I think if you look at Miami's team mm-hmm. last year that went to the Final Four to beat Texas, if you could draw up a blueprint for Texas, that would be that's what Texas would look like, but with at more rim protection on sure. defense. And look, that's where you can get away with playing smaller guards if you have bigger guys in the paint and rim protection. And Texas has improved in that area. Caden Shedder's an upgrade. Zarikon Yimna, he's going to be physical in the post, and he's a two-foot jumper. He's got some pop to him. And then Dylan Mitchell's a year older. Dylan DeSue's a year older. They're going to be improved protecting the rim, probably by a decent margin next year. And they're going to have more size and more length on the interior when guys get in the paint. So that's going to help you if you're a little smaller guard. But, again, the whole, the whole key to me with this team is if they can get a 6'4", probably grad transfer guard, that can shoot the ball from the perimeter, watch out. they got a chance to be really good if they can pull it together. I mean, really good. Yeah, and play some defense, too. One of those lockdown-type defenders that uh, you're so vital in college basketball these days. Uh, and obviously, Tyrese Hunter and Max Asmus. Talk to our audience about uh, Max. Uh, we know what Tyrese Hunter is. He's probably yeah. going to be the floor general. But, Max, you, you went through it. I mean, a 40% shooter. This guy can flat shoot the ball, score the basketball. I love your point that – you know, he was the you know every defense that Oral Roberts played was was keen to stop him. That won't be as easy here. Uh, this is a kid with a quick release. He's out of Dallas Jesuit, who's probably under recruited coming out. But man, he's he's a super senior who you know he has a chance to be an all all Big Twelve type of player in the backcourt. I, I, the expectations are first or second team all Big Twelve. I mean, that's where the expectations are at for him. Um, that's from multiple college basketball coaches I've talked to. 
Um, and look, here's the thing with him too is he also can play point. He's played point for Oral Roberts. So you're going to have two essential point guards, essentially two point guards on the court next year with Hunter and Acemas. And I thought that was really big for Texas this year with Marcus Carr. You know, it, it, being losing 20 pounds, being an off-the-ball combo guard, that's kind of where Acemas is going to be. But he can run your offense. He can get you into your sets. But here's the thing with him. He is really good in the pick-and-roll game now because you have to guard him 25, 26 feet out. So where Texas likes to play with their bigs on the elbows, man, if you can get into a ball string game with him and Dylan Dessou, it could be really tough to stop offensively or defensively for the opponent. But this guy shoots 89, 89% from the line last year too. He's And they, these kids have played the extra year, right, because of COVID. But he, if he plays have a healthy 35-game season, he's going to be the second all-time leading three-point shooter in the history of college basketball as far as wow. makes. I mean, that's that's way heady stuff. He led the nation in scoring as a sophomore. He And here's the thing. People think, well, he's coming from Moral Roberts. Does he have to adjust to the Big 12? Every ball player has to adjust, but people need to keep this in mind about him. I think he's played 13 or 14 games against power six opponents, counting the NCAA tournament. He's averaged 21 a game and shot 39% from three in those games at Oral Roberts when everybody was fixated on him forcing him to shoot it from 25 feet. I think the guy may shoot 41% from three next year if he gets good pocket passes and they can get this thing meshing. I think he has a chance to be uh, probably the best shooter that Texas has had in, in a long time from three. Yeah. Sounds like one of those playground players to yeah. me that can get it done. Skilled, skilled for sure. Uh, Jerry Hamilton is with us inside Texas on three sports. Always great conversations. And obviously, you know, the backcourt, I think we've all agreed they need one more guard. We've talked about what they're looking for. Yeah. Talk to us about uh, Alexander McWay. We know what Brock Cunningham is. He's returning. He'll be the glue guy uh, playing some guard, playing some forward, uh, giving you tough minutes. But Alexander McWay is an interesting player. He's the last guy that they recruited out of high school, and he was a really good player in high school. What's the, uh, what's the ceiling for this guy? At the, at the small forward position? It's all going to depend on how he develops off the bounce. He's got to have a little uh, – he's got to have more than a straight line two-bounce game, right? So can he get some wiggle? Can he, can he build a little game off the bounce? He's going to shoot the ball well enough. He really improved from junior to senior year in high school in that regard. And when he got in games, whether it was the Arkansas exhibition or some of the few minutes he got in games, he actually made – he made jump shot look good from three – uh, he's a guy that you're going to have to guard from three. He's a physical two-foot bouncy guy, uh, long arms, so he's 6'5", probably in a quarter, but he plays bigger than that because of his arm length. He's a competitor. He's super smart. He's a physical player. So it's all going to come down to how he develops his game off the bounce. And if he makes some improvements there, watch out. Uh, you know, I, I'm friends with an NBA scout, and when he came through before the season last year, he said in four years Texas fans may be back on that guy and say, that guy's got an overseas career. Like That's how type of prospect he can be if he's patient with his developmental process. Um, I want to throw one more to you guys before we go. You're not going to find a bigger fan of Kendall Weaver uh, than me. Um, He's the UT Arlington Arlington transfer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was the WAC freshman of the year, and he had no scholarship offer in D1 until right before, uh, right in the May of his senior year, okay? Um, And he has a lot, and he's a different player, but he has a lot of the same traits that Jabari Rice had. He is going to, whatever your expectations are for him, he's going to exceed them. So if Texas fans will see, ah, oh, this guy's just coming in, he's going to play 10, 12 minutes a game. No, 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 no. He's too competitive for that. Coming out of high school, one of the knocks was with college coaches, well, he didn't shoot the ball that well. Well, he shot 40% from three. I don't care if you're at UT Arlington or where you're at. 
if you go into college basketball and you shoot 40% from three, you're just one of those guys that works really hard and it does it to prove people wrong and has that chip on your shoulder and has that competitive mm. drive. Remember, remember this kid. He's going to be there three years. He's six three. He's very athletic. But if he knocks down shots at the Power Five, Big Twelve, SEC level, like I think he might, this is going to be a steal for Texas. I mean, an absolute steal. And when that kid hit the portal, he was going to stay close to home. But Buzz Williams went all in. Texas went all in. Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma, all these people went all in on him. Because they knew, okay, we missed on this guy at high school. Now we got to try to get it. And Rodney Terry and the staff got him. Remember, I said that he's a competitor on the defensive end. He's going to exceed Texas fans' expectations, and the way he plays, he's going to become a fan favorite. I know we got to get you let, let you go here shortly, Jerry. But I got to ask you about the additions um, to Sark's staff uh, possibly coming up, yep. and Coach Chris uh, with uh, uh-huh. Wisconsin. That's got to be huge when it comes to the run game. I mean, I know he's a former quarterback. He's been an offensive coordinator. But he knows about big people and really good running backs, and I think this really is going to help Sark out a lot. No, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I agree. Look, I, I think it helps just for the, what you said. I think Deacon Millis is a huge, massive hire for hmm. them. I mean, you're talking about a guy with 20 years of experience and can come in and take some – he can run the special teams. He can take – some of that pressure off of Jeff Banks, who's got a lot on his plate, right, who does a great job of special teams. But I had a college coach on DeCamillis tell me the players are going to love him. That was an absolute home run hire for Steve Sarkeesian. And this guy coached with him in the NFL for a year. So uh, that Joe, he's Paul Chris is getting the attention, and I agree with you, Buck, for all the reasons you said. But that the DeCamillis is a huge hire for Sarkeesian. I think he knocked those out of the park like he did with the Shard Choice, like he did getting Gary Patterson in. Yep. I think these are two great hires by Sarkeesian. Yeah, Joe DiCamillis just won a Super Bowl with the Rams two years ago. And, you know, remember when Sean McVay was the speaker at their uh, during the spring when they had their coaches clinic, uh, Joe DiCamillis was there too. And as you said, Sark knows Joe from the NFL time and Jeff Banks, yeah. and he struck up a friendship. That's going to be really, really interesting. And Paul Christ. Great success at at, uh, at Wisconsin. Knows that power run game. Uh, knows how to develop offensive line and running backs. Two good hit, big hires. Real quick, Jerry, but while we got you on the basketball, the additions on the yep. roster we've talked about. What about Frank Haith? We don't think we've talked to you about what, what Frank Haith brings back on this staff after you know, head coaching stints at Missouri and Miami. Uh, he's a really good coach. In Rodney Terry's first full year, have to feel like getting Frank Haith back on the bench will be a to be the number one you know you know ally with you your 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 bench coach kind of thing. That's a that, how big for you is that? I think it's huge. Him and Steve McLean bind. Uh, Steve McLean has head coaching experience too. All hell, Chris Ogden has head coaching experience. But to Frank Haith, where he's been always been really good. He's identified shooters and talent really well. Look, <clears throat> I know we got to go, but quick stories. He convinced. Rick Barnes to sign P.J. Tucker. Rick Barnes never saw P.J. Tucker play in high school. Okay, because P.J. has a guy who academically was a little behind. He was from the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And since Duke and Carolina, since they weren't on him because he's the undersized power mm-hmm. forward guy, right? Everybody kind of missed on him in recruiting. Frank Hayes convinced Rick Barnes to take this guy. Trust me, take this guy. Let's sign this guy. 
that turned out pretty well. The Big yeah. 12 Player of the Year on an Elite 8 team, and it's had a great career, but also identifying A.J. Abrams as a shooter. Kenton Paulino as a shooter. Frank Haith has done a great job identifying shooters. I think he's got a good offensive mind. Uh, for college basketball, especially where the game is and where it's headed. I think it was a really good, strong hire. And the guy that's had a lot of years recruiting uh, nationally and in Texas. So I think that was a really strong hire. And you put him with Steve McClain, and you got a lot of head coaching experience, guys who have uh, sat in that lead position, guys who know uh, really how to get it done. Uh, so I think that was a huge hire. To, it really complements Steve McClain well. Then the young guy, Brandon Chappelle, will continue to groom and learn under all those guys. Rodney Terry building a staff and building a roster. Steve Sarkeesian adding analysts and uh, advisors uh, to the head coach. Good stuff uh, with Jerry Hamilton inside Texas. The first visit in a while, but there'll be more news coming. So we'll talk to Jerry again soon as the Longhorns return to campus here in the month of June and begin their summer workouts and the Longhorns continue their search for, for more players through that portal. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. You got it, guys. Appreciate it. Buck on to Jerry Hamilton. That's really good stuff right there. Good overview. Max Asmus. Um, this guy, I mean, we say first team all Big 12. Big 12 is a pretty good basketball conference, and if other coaches are expecting oh, yeah. him to be first or second team, we know what Tyrese Hunter can be. Um, we know what Dylan, Dylan DeSue, if he can pick off where he left off last year before the injury on the run to the Elite Eight, and uh, now Dylan Mitchell uh, back as well. A lot of talent on that Texas basketball team, and I love his uh, passion for Kendall Weaver. Uh, for, for and, and you know what? Think about this roster, Buck. A lot of guys with something to prove, right? I mean, Dylan Mitchell and Tyrese Hunter want to prove that they're NBA bound and can go play in that league. Mac, Max Asimus, you would think the same. Dylan DeSue, all these guys want to go play professionally, and um, you also have a couple of guys who can be in this program for a couple of years. Yeah, which is good. But now they got to play together. That's right, and that's Rodney Terry and uh, right. Frank Haith, Steve McLean's job: get this group together because it's a bunch thrown together. And now you got to got to bring it. I remember Chris Beard when he did this his first year, saying our our biggest enemy right now is time. We we got to get these guys on the court and and try to build some continuity. And uh, how much how long does that take us will help determine our our ceiling for the Longhorns. So I think it's the same kind of situation with all these new players coming together. We'll come back when we do more of your buck ons and buck offs. We'll also have a Craig Way report this hour. Gossip in the Blitz for the end of the hour on a busy Thursday. It's being on the horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Appreciate the uh, conversation with Jerry Hamilton. Good stuff on the Texas basketball roster and uh, the return of Dylan Mitchell. How big that is. Also a little football chatter in there as well. It's a buck off Thursday. So buck on to Jerry and buck on to you. Buck on to the Austin Gamblers who power our buck off Thursdays now. And what a great combination it is. Austin Gamblers, your official professional bull riding team right here in Austin, Texas. They'll be coming back for their weekend of hosting in the PBR Tour in uh, late August. But uh, we know that that if you want to get uh, get your get your juices flowing for the for the season, Buck, make sure you go to the uh, Prime Video and take in that eight episode docu series, The Ride, uh, taking you behind the scenes of the professional bull riders, the best bull riders in the world, uh, the grittiness, the toughness, the courage it takes to climb that bull, and um, you know every time they put their hand in that bull rope, Buck, their their lives are on the line, and those are the best bulls in the world too, by the way. Those oh, are, yeah, it's not just the riders. No, those bulls are athletes, and they're the best on the planet. So the challenge of trying to ride that for eight seconds, the uh, stories behind the scenes, that's a good thing. That's Prime Video. It's called The Ride. It uh, actually debuted. You can see all You could binge it, watch all of it, or take your time with it. It started on uh, the 30th, 31st there this week. It's been out now on uh, on Prime Video. Also trying, to, you know, I was watching last night a little bit, Buck, trying to catch up on the Ted Lasso. The Ted Lasso. Well, you were watching Natalia. Yes. 
I was, I was getting to, the uh, the finale. Somebody tell me because I think I'm trying to think where I'm at on this Ted Lasso season, the final season of Jason Sudeikis and the the, the Ted Lasso show. Uh, are there 12 episodes in the final season? Is that where I have to get to? I'm trying to. to someone will tell me because I know the final episode dropped this week. Final ever, kind of like Succession on HBO. Those two are no longer. Um, but I uh, look forward to how many more do I have to go? Is the question. I guess I could look that up. But I think I'm on episode eight of season four and need to get to where it's finished. I think it's 12. I think it's 12, but uh, we'll see. But uh, streaming becoming more and more popular. Can I give a buck off to the uh, the big wigs and the, uh, the the heads of programs in the SEC that think an eight-game conference schedule is a good idea? I don't think that's a good idea at all. Uh, nine games is the way to go. More rivalry games, not fewer. Twelfth um, game needs to go away. Texas and, and Oklahoma joining the SEC, you got to go nine games. Your 16 yeah, team what are league. they trying to find? That that teardrop in week 11 or 12 still? Well, they're trying to find more money. And I, I, you know, it's one of those, if you're ESPN, you're like, wait a second. As I said yesterday, we've already agreed to make, we're going to pay a ton of money in media rights to own this package and take it all away from CBS and make it all ESPN. And now you want more for a ninth game. That's the leverage play they're looking for. But I think in the end, they'll work something out. There'll be a settlement from the TV side because everyone knows TV's paying the, paying the, paying the rent here. Oh, yeah. And, um, People want those games, and and some people were arguing me yesterday that you know it's regional. No, not the the nation doesn't care about Texas, Texas A and M every year. I disagree, but at the same time, it's not just about that. It's the rivalry games you want to protect for Alabama and for Georgia, Tennessee, Tennessee. For everybody. Yeah, uh, you can't just have one rivalry game each year and then rotate. That is that would be a diminishing product in my mind. You want to maximize this product to its extent, and the three plus six schedule of nine is the I think the smartest way to go, and hopefully. They figure that out. By the way, any problem with uh, Chris Del Conte? You know, the Longhorns went to the uh, this SEC meetings in uh, in Destin, Florida, and there were some there that noticed that uh, Chris Del Conte, normally the uh, the sharp dressed man, showed up in flip flops and shorts. You okay with that? Good. Be- I'm okay with that. Ty loves it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if that's the way he rolls, Florida, rolls, Florida, Florida, baby. Hey, he's at the beach. Man, you, where else are you going to wear your flip flops and shorts? We had to show up to to the Big Twelve for the last couple of years, all decked out in all the Texas stuff with oh. Bob Bowlesby putting them to sleep, putting us all to sleep. Yeah, well, Bob Bowlesby used to do that. Now it's Brett Yormark, and buck on to Brett Yormark yeah, that for being dude aggressive. Is, that guy is after it. As we say, keep an eye on Colorado. The substantive talks continue with uh, that program to to have them join the Big Twelve starting in twenty twenty four. And I've, as I've said, I've heard Arizona. Deep in talks, but as they they have to keep it quieter. They can't. They've got the Arizona State thing because apparently Arizona State not as because that could turn into a Oklahoma Oklahoma State thing where you know two in-state schools are now playing in a play in separate conferences. But you know that is the likely scenario. Who does Arizona State think they are? I know dictating all this. Well, I mean, I mean it is a. I mean enrollment. That's that's the only thing they got going for them. They have, in like, the, the end, highest enrollment in the nation. In the end, we're to the point where yeah, each institution has to do what's best for each institution. It's just that they have to. And Arizona would like to do right by Arizona State. But look, the way this will play out, and and I think Arizona's playing good cop bad cop with Arizona State. If if Arizona and and the uh, the Colorado Buffaloes join the Big Twelve in all sports, right? When I say that it's going to further destabilize the Pac-12, it's going to pretty much eliminate the Big 12, or the Pac-12. Yes. If you take USC, UCLA, Arizona, and Colorado out of that conference, I mean, what are you left with? Uh, at that point, the media rights deal is going to be pennies, comparison-wise. So all the schools at that point are going to say, wait a second, which means Arizona State and Utah would eventually end up in the Big 12. 
they'd get two to start with, but that would be you, you know on top of USC and UCLA, that would be the yarn pool that uh, the thread pool that would just unravel the rest. And at that point, as we said, likely the Big Ten would then approach Washington and Oregon for sure uh, yeah. about inclusion. Because right now, what I've been told is that the Big Ten doesn't want to pursue Oregon or Washington because they don't want to get sued. Because uh, they've already you know, cut the deal with USC and UCLA. They don't want to be seen as destroying the entire conference. If the Big 12 jumps in, does the Big Ten a favor and can land at least two of those schools, Arizona and Colorado, that thread continues to be pulled and all of a sudden the Big Ten can turn back and say, okay. Uh, and, and by the way, the Big Ten has now hired a new commissioner. Because remember, through this process, their right. commissioner, Kevin Warren, left to join the Chicago Bears in the NFL. So they had to hire a new commissioner. And um, so those conversations could fire back up. And as we've said, the time, the date is 2024. That's where as many of these things need to be, you know, in place as possible because that's when the 12-team playoff begins. That's when all these new new TV packages fire up and uh, the face of college football could we see changes. The, could we see the Pac-12 try to pull a Big 12 and add some schools like Boise State or San Diego State? Yes, they, they, State. they've been on the – their AD, uh, AD commissioner, George Klyavkov, you know, he was asleep at the wheel, and the previous AD uh, commissioner, Larry Scott, was terrible, and that's why the Pac-12 was in the position they're in. But yes, uh, maybe a little bit late to the party. Because remember, when the, big, when the Texas and Oklahoma announced they're leaving, the idea was the Big 12 is going to collapse. The Big 12 will not exist, you know, three or four years from now. And every school from Texas Tech to Baylor to TCU. Looking were, for a place where, where they were. Yeah, they, they were go? like, where are we going? Uh, who wants us? we got to get out of here. Well, this is where I give Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 very, a lot of credit, because they got aggressive. Uh, and the, really the school presidents of the remaining 10 schools, and they went aggressive, and they added, right? And they went and added BYU Houston, and, yeah, and Houston and Central Florida and uh, Cincinnati, uh, whereas the Pac-12 didn't. and Because the Pac-12 had, you know, they were blindsided. If they, if oh, the they big, never thought in a million years no, USC would leave them. Right. If you think the Big 12 was blindsided by Texas and Oklahoma, the Pac-12 was completely blindsided by the two L.A. schools jumping and they haven't reacted well. And, yes, they have made – I mean, there have been overtures from the Pac-12 to San Diego State. And, uh, as you mentioned, uh, SMU has been talked about as a Pac-12 school. But, again, that's not adding value that to, to a commensurate rate. And so I think the that's why you look at Colorado. They're looking at it saying, man, you know, we haven't been the same since we left the Big 12. Remember, when, the Big, when, when Colorado in, was in the Big 12 and had Gary Barnett, they were playing for Big 12 championships. Yeah, losing 70-3. to Well, yes, but they were a good team. Uh, and Gary Barnett and Gary Gary Barnett had them in a good place, and since they've joined the Pac-12, they've fallen apart as a program. They kind of see this as okay. We got Deion Sanders now. Can we jump back into that Power Five and well, into the Big Twelve? Play games in Texas so we can recruit in Texas. Uh, play games in, in good and hotbeds for recruiting, and then grow the brand. Uh, and well, Arizona yeah. would be the same thing. And yeah, with, and with BYU, I mean, if you could ever get Utah to come here, yes, they'd be licking their chops. Yeah, with the teams they'd have to play in the Big Twelve, I well, got to And believe. look, because then you're selling rivalry games, right? BYU, uh, Nevada, BYU, Utah is already the holy war. Um, you know, you can start. You got Texas Tech way out there in the West Texas, oh, yeah. and now you got Arizona and Colorado. Uh, a little bit more regional conversations there, and then again, I, I do think eventually, if you get the first two, the other the other two will come. Those four corners schools will come in a group, yep. and all of a sudden, the Big Twelve's to sixteen. Right, even with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, now they're back to 16 teams, same as SEC, and of course the Big Ten. If they were to add two more, they'd be at 18. If they go Oregon and, and USC, and you know, in a big picture world, uh, Big Ten would like to see that happen, and then Stanford, and that would that would force or at least put Notre Dame in a position that hey, do you need to get in this conference and join, uh, you know, in some level, which would take the Big Ten to 20. 
down the road. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I can see them grabbing a hold of Stanford and Notre Dame in the Big Ten. Now they're now they're pretty powerful now. Well, that's twenty. Um, you know, that's a good thing. But but Notre Dame would be be the crown jewel. Uh, but the, the argument would be because Notre Dame has been steadfast. We're not joining the conference. But you know, if you're Notre Dame and you you look up in Stanford, USC, yes, um, all, all these teams have joined the Big Ten, and those are your chief rivals. You know, I mean, you got to make a schedule. I mean, you you can try to stay independent, but you'd be the only one at that point because BYU is joining the Big Twelve. Uh, there's aren't a lot of independent schools. You need to be in one of these Big Four at that point. You, I, I know everybody will text and say Notre Dame's never going to join the conference, but uh, that would put some serious pressure on them if if the uh, the Stanford, Oregon, Washington group joined. I think there'd be more conversations, uh, and I think that's what the Big Ten would want. But does Notre Dame want that? Probably not. No. I mean, they don't. They don't want it because they want to be king of the castle. They, they want it all. Well, but they also and want they to be, have been. You know, they they will always be Notre Dame. But there's also you got to have a seat at the table, and as, you know you got to be in one of these. Con- I mean, if you're going to where it's going to be four super conferences and those champions, you know, are, are automatic bids into a playoff system, and then you're going to have, you know, does, is Notre Dame going to be able to put together a good enough schedule? No, because it's going to be truly harder and harder for them every year. Right, that's going to be commensurate to go put twelve games together. Because you know what I'm saying is when you you know USC joining the Big Ten where they're playing Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State year by year, uh, and these schools they're going to look at that and say, well, I, I, we want to play Notre Dame, but we don't have to schedule that game as a non-con. Uh, would they continue to do so? Probably, but at the same time they don't have to, and that's where Notre Dame the scheduling part of building down a 12-game schedule becomes more and more challenging if you don't have a. And I know they have their their, their half a foot in the ACC, and that has led to to good games with Clemson and North Carolina and teams like that, but. Uh, big picture, at some point they're going to, I think, have to join. But I know I will get a lot of disagreement from our Notre Dame friends that that will never happen. All right, we'll come back. When we do, it'll be your uh, salacious gossip and more buck-ons and buck-offs. Plus, the blitzes have been outstanding. Your your contributions to the program have been uh, quite hilarious. So let's keep those going, 447-3776. First, it's our man Craig Way from uh, Miami. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? Salacious gossip is always ahead of your blitz. So load that up, 447-3776. The gossip you need to know so you're talking to your buddies. You feel like you know a thing or two that is off the nose. Not maybe a sports topic. got to know what it is, but you also need to know it's brought to you by Bud Light. Icy cold Bud Light's the uh, four great ingredients that make up the world's favorite light beer and has for more than four decades. Brewed by Texans for Texans and the official domestic beer partner of your Texas Longhorns, the Texas X's, and the Texas OU game. Buck, uh, would you be interested in watching a docu-series, documentary of, centered around the uh, life and performance of Barry Bonds? Barry U.S. Bonds? I would. Very interested. Uh, the, yeah, the uh, me too. Well, it's happening. It is happening. The untitled film is being directed by Keith McCorder. Um, yeah, also producers who helped make uh, O.J. Made in America and The Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls docuseries. So, yeah, they're taking on the task of Barry Bonds, and that will be an interesting one, right? I mean, if you tell the whole tale, I mean, one of the greatest baseball players ever to live. Uh, certainly one of the greatest players of, of the last 70 years in baseball. Great college player at Arizona State. Yeah, I was a big fav- uh, fan of Bobby Bonds. Yeah, well, and he grew up with Willie Mays and Bobby Bonds and learned the game that way. You know, great college player, obviously a great player in Pittsburgh when he started and an ultimate, you know, if he could hit for power, hit for average, run the bases, steal bases, gold glove, 
in the outfield. I mean, just an unbelievable player. And obviously, we know then it took a turn with uh, the steroid use and his head turned into a beach ball. And, yes. And so, you know, uh, there's a lot to tell there. The Balco Labs, his surliness with the media, his chase of the home run record, and whether yep. it's legitimate or not. And uh, he's that'll be interesting. I'd be in on that. I'd be in on that. Very U.S. Bonds. Also from the television side, I appreciate everybody that told me that the final season of Ted Lasso is 12 episodes. So I've got a few more to go. Looking forward to seeing the end of that. Now, Jason Sudeikis and uh, Ted Lasso, of course, the soccer coach, it hasn't been officially announced that it's over, but he's pretty much told everybody this is the last season of Ted Lasso. Have you watched that show? I have. I watched the first two seasons. I like it. I think seasons first, seasons one and two were great. Are they losing their characters a little bit, though? Well, they're trying to get to a, to a place to wrap up. Um, yeah. You know, it's... I think it's it's a show that that what you know it's it's positive always. I think it's funny. It's well yep. written. Well, it's funny as hell. The acting is good, and uh, I think it's been a home run. So I can't wait to see the end of it. Also from TV, Shannon Sharp leaving Undisputed, a show that a lot of people watch. I do not, but that's Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp uh, does pretty well on Fox. He's leaving, and there's the gossip is that he's had a falling out with Skip Bayless. And uh, who wouldn't, right? I mean, they've had friction. Remember when the Damar Hamlin oh, yeah. incident back in January? Uh, it was uh, Bayless who put out the the heartless tweet about you know the you know guys laying there dying, and he's tweeting about should the, about the game. And uh, Shannon skipped the show for a couple days after that, and uh, they had an obvious tension. Either way, he's leaving the show. The question becomes, who's going to replace him on that show? And our man Emmanuel Acho. Emmanuel Acho has already emerged as potentially one of the guys. Don't yeah. do it, Emmanuel. You say no? I mean, he already is kind of on that train of just saying crazy stuff to say it. Is that right? So. Oh, I mean, he said, what did I tell you all this morning? The first thing I saw on ESPN was like, oh, who who could have a, a great start to the year that would surprise you? And he picked Colorado. Was that Sam Acho or, or Emmanuel? I think it was Emmanuel. Well, he's true because well, it would surprise watching. me. Was that ESPN? Or yeah, so okay. if it's ESPN, yeah. it's Sam Acho. Okay. I mean, does he it's believe Fox, it's going to happen Manny. with Colorado, or does he say, would it, would it surprise you? Because it would surprise me if they did. I, th- I, I don't know. I think he was saying that he thinks Colorado's Well, the thing with the Colorado right. Buffaloes and Sam Acho's point there is that you don't have, like, they've replaced 60 players. We were talking about Rodney Terry replacing his lineup yeah. and how that's going to mesh. That would be surprising. Yeah. But, you know, if they Colorado, they can't be less talented than they were. Like, so they could be more talented for Deion Sanders. And, you know, so. One person I would like to replace, uh, Shannon, Kendrick Perkins. Just because it would be so bad, I might have to watch it. <laughs> I might have to watch it. Well, you wonder if Skip Bayless has any say in that. It's amazing how those those guys just have, get the old crew back together. Stephen A, come on, that, make well, that happen. Stephen A is the highest paid employee at ESPN. He's not leaving there, is he? No. Um, Stephen A has threatened to run for president, hasn't he? As he floated that out there in our gossip segment. But uh, yeah, I um, I don't know, I don't know. So we'll follow that. I, I do not watch that. I mean, you know, we're we're on the air, and then we get off the air, and I don't I don't usually take those shows no. in. But uh, if you do, you'll no longer have Shannon Sharp. So there you go. Uh, there's your salacious gossip on the first day of June, 20 and 23. You know, D- June, Buck, two states became official states on this date, way back, way back, June the 1st, on this day, Kentucky and Tennessee became the 15th and the 16th state, five years apart, 1792, 1796. There you go. Bourbon and horse racing. Yes, and 
your uh, one of your favorite bands. It was 32 years ago on this day that David Ruffin, David Ruffin, oh, and the Temptations, yes, part of ways. No, he died. He died. He died on this day. Yeah, unfortunately, cocaine overdose. They believe uh, way back. So there you go. Let's get to your blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The morning blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, and any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right, first blitzer, you're up. Yeah, you know, I'm still fuming about having to go to Miami to play this regional. But what's even worse is if you win and you got to go to the West Coast to play Stanford. It's painfully obvious the NTA don't want you in Omaha. Well, guess what? We're crashing this party. Crashing that party for sure. Next blitzer, you're up. Man, you all still taking them dicker calls? Hey, Bucky, this is your neighbor, Jim Bob. Hey, your uh, so-called daughter's at it again. Your shed's on fire, and she's terrorizing the dog. You should come <laughs> terrorizing over. the dog. Next blitzer, you're up. Hey, Bucky. Yes, sir. UTOU is on TV at the same time as USC Notre Dame. Who gets the higher rating? Ooh. Ooh. I don't think the TV would allow that to happen. They'd try to set or separate them to uh, well-viewed games. Yeah, I don't think they'll do that, both both of those at 11. Next Blitzer, you're up. This is Skip Bayless. I've already found someone that I can contend with. My AI. Myself. <laughs> AI. Artificial AI. intelligence. I told this story about when I was covering uh, Dallas Cowboys training camp at St. Edwards when I was uh, a student there. Skip Bayless would be there. He was working for the paper, right? Dallas Morning News at oh, the time. Yeah. And he was a big jogger. Probably still is. You know, his brother, Rick Bayless, is a, is a real world-famous chef. Um, but so Skip would show up, and they, they would do two-a-days. They'd do a morning training camp, then they'd take a break, come back for the afternoon. And Skip would always show up for the afternoon. Wearing those, you know, those like umbrella shorts that were real, real high up with his running shoes and his tank tops. No. Looking very sweet. Oh, yeah. The, nice. Those high shorts. Oh, yeah. Skip. That's what Skip Bayless would show up in. Yeah. Big jogger. He was better when he worked for the paper. <laughs> no, that's when he made all the Cowboys mad, writing salacious crap about Troy Aikman and making stuff up. That's how he parlayed that into the run to the, uh, to the ESPN and then to Fox. Wow. Just being a bomb thrower. Um, but there you go. Skip Bayless needs a new pod now. We'll be back. We'll r- hit our final hour on a buck off Thursday. Deliver them on the Specs text line, 512-337. Who has earned a buck off this week? Who has earned a buck on? Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers.